Hey, Lethal listeners, Tig Torres here. Stay tuned for the next episode of Lethal Lit. But before we dive into today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. I'm on my way home after a horrible night, asking myself, Tig, what's so bad about the Lit Killer being back and Principal Block being his latest Vic? Not to mention this is already the second real-life dead body you've seen. Add to that a side of low-grade police-tude from Detective Carver and her crew. I mean, I get it. I pocketed some evidence and was slow handing it over. But it's not like the Hollow Falls PD have a sterling track record when it comes to doing actual detective work. I was just trying to... Right now... I'm all about that chill playlist, gigantic tub of ice cream, and no more visions of Principal Block's face. Abuela, Abuela, ¿qué pasó? Are you okay? Oh no, the bombs! Bad day? Meet way worse day. Fried as I was, Nothing wakes you up faster than finding your abuela on the verge of a full-on freakout on the front steps. A gift-wrapped box full of dead crow at her feet. And a note. Always a note. It read, Tig, I see you. It was a warning, but I won't let the lit killer take away another person I care about. I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit. Hollow Falls is reeling, and this podcast is the only thing giving me life right now. The Lit Killer has claimed two new victims, classmate Tony Del Canto and Hollow Falls High Principal Ronald Block. On top of that, the cops raided the Talon offices, grabbed the Aunt Beth tapes, and my laptop. Shout out to town snitch Ella for that last bit. In the wake of Block's murder, school's been closed for days. But... If this town is known for anything, it's for pretending nothing ever happened. But there's no way I'll ever be able to unsee that. I know I talk a good game, but being up close, smelling the blood, and seeing people you knew just a few hours before they were murdered, it does something to you. But we have to keep on, right? Oh, and an update on Abuela. That dead bird gave her quite a scare, but I was able to talk her down. No thoughts yet on what the dead crow means. All it did was make me think of Henry, the stuffed mascot Block kept on his desk. But Abuela's okay, and that's all that matters. Luckily, the next gift to show up at our door was much more welcome. Hey, got your message. I thought I'd stop by to bring you... An unexpected Taurus embrace. I'll take that. Sorry. I tend to attack Hug when I'm nervous. I guess seeing Abuela totally flip bothered me more than I thought. I don't mind. And, uh, is she okay? Yeah, she's fine. Or she will be. So this wasn't just a wellness check on you and your grandma. I also have some good news. Aside from the you not being in jail sitch? <laughs> right. <laughs> that. Levinson really saved me. But I think that one cop, Lahane, was already about to let me go. Unexpected humanity from the Hollow Falls PD. Well, that's not all either. Check it. He also gave me back all your gear. What? Jesus, Ollie, way to bury the lead. That's awesome. Feel free to hug me again. I accept physical gratitude. Ha ha. 
Maybe later. There's more. So when Lahane gave me your pile of stuff, it felt different. Like there was something new in there. New? Check this out. I don't remember you having one of these old school recorders before. Did you? Ollie was half right. I did Amazon Prime myself a new retro-style recorder for listening to my Aunt Beth's tapes, but this wasn't it. This one was much, much older. In fact, it looked identical to my Aunt Beth's. Tig, there's a tape in here. Did the Hollow Falls PD, or our new buddy Detective Lahane, slip this bit of evidence in with my gear to give us a clue? A lead he couldn't follow up on because technically the lit killer case was closed? Okay, time for some more lit killer specifics. The OG victims were spread out over a year, referencing a bookshelf worth of English lit classics from Dracula to The Crucible. Each murder was set up to evoke specific, deadly scenes from these books. The first victim was Suzanne Overmeyer. She was an orphan and eked out a high school diploma before starting a glamorous career as a gas station cashier. On December 18th, 2007, she goes missing. A few days later, her body is found with a gunshot to the back of the head. But no one, especially not the cops, could figure out why someone would hurt a nameless nobody. So the case went ice cold, until my Aunt Beth started working it for the Hollow Falls ledger. In a life and men, George shoots Lenny in the head to spare him from the wrath of Curly's men. In the lottery, the losers get stoned to death. The note was left in a collection of short stories by Shirley Jackson. So the killer is trying to connect literary deaths with actual ones. I've got his M.O., so now I can start figuring out who this lunatic is. I should circle back and talk to Steiner, too. He mentioned getting some insight from Levinson. Wait, what? Steiner we knew about, but Levinson. Let's list this out. Right now, we've got two bodies, more tapes, a town losing its mind, and four teenagers trying to figure it out. It's like the plot of a new Netflix series. Or the perfect time to circle the wagons and pool our info. Luckily, the school had been reopened so we could get back to our HQ at the Talon. A dead crow. And another note. Yeah, it was messed up. But your grandma's safe, so it's all good now, okay? God, you feel so tense. Come here. Relax. We'll figure this out. Thanks. Ooh, love a good showmance. I totally ship you guys. Dude, what? come on. Hashtag Tolly. Uh, can we focus on the case now? I don't know about you guys, but I'd like to survive the next couple days. <sighs> right. Back to biz. I'm gonna go hit the library. There's gotta be some link between the principal, Tony, and all the old school lit killer vicks. I'm up too. Suddenly not feeling the vibe in here. Wait. Is she pissed at me? Obvi. Not to pile on, but I'm gone too. All right, see you, Max. Uh, I'll catch up with Wynn later. I know who I have to hit up next. See you in a bit. Okay, sure. Later. I thought Sam Steiner was the only person who worked closely with my aunt while she was investigating the lit killer. But it turns out she was also confiding in someone I'd already heard a lot about. It's nice to finally meet you in person, Tig. Thanks for meeting with me, Mr. Levinson. Appreciate it. Of course. I have great respect for what you're doing, even if it is distracting my staff from their deadlines. You knew my Aunt Beth when she was a student here. Yes, of course I knew Beth. She was brilliant. I remember most of my students. 
Sometimes it feels like the entire town of Hollow Falls has walked through my classroom at one point in time. I knew her partner at the ledger, too. Steinway? Steiner? He was a bit squirrely, but seemed like a nice enough man. This is Harry Levinson, longtime Hollow Falls High talent advisor and American history teacher. He's been here forever. Beth was a sharp student and became a diligent reporter. It's always been a source of pride when any of my staff at the Talon go on to careers as professional journalists. Do you think she was the lit killer? <laughs> I'd like to think she wasn't, certainly. She's not a murderer. I know that for a fact. I agree. But while they were two different, separate people, it became a dance, almost. Uh, what do you mean? How can I say this out? Huh. Let me be blunt. Your aunt was obsessed with the case. It was all she did. So, when she died, it was almost too easy for the cops, the town, really, to pin it on her. She was just studying her target, doing her research and being thorough. You know you remind me of her. I'm sure a lot of people in town also see the resemblance. What do you think Beth would do if she was still here? Hmm. I suppose... Beth's strength was at picking out the improbable in the mundane, through sheer determination. She'd work every angle and retrace the same steps as the police until she found the evidence gold she was searching for. Uh, Max tells me you found that note in your principal block's body, but nothing else? Was Levinson just playing the role of newspaper advisor, getting me to dig deeper, think harder? Or had I really been sloppy in my observations of the crime scenes? Maybe instead of analyzing the murders, I should have been trying to get into my aunt's head. I'm starting to see what the lit killer is thinking, but that knowledge isn't sitting well with me. It's like when you're in the dark for too long. Your eyes adapt, your brain starts making excuses for what you're seeing. But do I want that? Do I want to understand the mind of a killer? Most of the victims, Overmeyer, Del Canto, and Wozniak, all point back to Hollow Falls High. In addition to being a coach, Del Canto was one of the remedial learning track instructors. And Overmeyer and Wozniak, the Dracula death scene victim, were in those classes. So there's obviously something there. But what? It's technically still a crime scene, which means it'll be locked up pretty tight. But all the evidence has been collected, so... I figured I could slip in, take a sweep for anything I might have missed, in and out. Hey, there you are. I've been texting you. Are you going on a covert mission somewhere? No, just... I think I might have missed something at Principal Block's crime scene. I need to swing back and check it out for real. You can't catch everything, Tig. Yeah, but the niece of the great Beth Torres should be better than that. I think you're already pretty great. Come here. Ollie, I... Huh. That was also pretty great. So, um... Uh... You were looking for me? What? Oh, uh... Yeah, I just wanted to... Well, if it isn't Hollow Falls' newest nerd pairing, what's your couple name, Mr. and Mrs. Murder? What do you want, Ella? Back to tamper with our investigation some more? Listen, you want to be Lauren Duca? You're not fooling anyone. We've noticed that it's no coincidence that the people who cross you, like my Tony and poor Principal Block, end up dead. 
What? Did you find your serial killer aunt's diary and now you're following it word for word? Hey, Ella, step off of her. This has nothing to do with you, so direct your venom somewhere else, okay? You haven't seen venom yet, boy toy. You two best watch your backs. Me and all the Elenators are on to you. <laughs> what the hell is an Elenator? Something tells me we're lucky we don't know. So, you were on your way to Block's office? Uh, yeah. Just to do a cursory sweep. No biggie. Can I come with you? Uh, sure. Uh, okay. You know what? Let's do this proper. Let's meet outside his office window, 10 o'clock, dark close. I can't see anything. Couldn't we at least turn on our flashlights? No way. Block's office is a crime scene. That door is bolted shut. We can't just waltz in there like it's nothing. Message received, but again, can't see anything. We can use our flashlights once we're inside. About that, how are we supposed to get in there? With this. Hope! A crowbar? Are you insane? This is breaking and entering. It's a B&E with or without the crowbar, sweetie. Yeah, but this could get us into some serious... Shh. So be a good boy and keep an eye out, yeah? <laughs> Okay. No alarm. Good. No broken glass. You didn't know there'd be no alarm? Uh, sure. I mean, I figured there wouldn't be. It's just a principal's office, right? Uh, give me a boost. <laughs> Principal Block's office was surprisingly tidy, considering. We had to do a lot of tiptoeing to avoid disturbing any of the marked-off areas. But it wasn't long before we found something I'd missed the first time. Filed between textbooks on a small shelf behind Block's desk. There's your copy of Crime and Punishment. Yeah. But, but Crime and Punishment doesn't usually come wrapped around another book. The dust jacket is right, but it's covering something else. What is it? The Outsiders. S.E. Hinton's big claim to fame. Stay gold, pony boy. Wasn't that a movie? Like from the 80s? It was a book first. About two rival gangs in the 60s that were at odds with each other. Look. There's a page-folded end. Of course. A highlighted passage. Get smart and nothing can touch you. What do you think that means? Uh, I'm not sure. I need to think on this more. I should go to- You should probably go home, Tig. I'm, I'm not trying to adult you, but your grandma did just have a major scare. And it's late. You are not doing anything else tonight by yourself. I know, I will. I'm just thinking. Do I have to drag you there? <laughs> you wish. But you're right. Let's... Hey, what are you doing? I was just going in for another... Oh. Was that okay? No. I, I mean, yes. Wait, did you hear that? Someone's coming. Oh, damn, hide. Yeah, it seems like this is becoming a habit. What, hiding in Block's office? Kissing. Us kissing. But let's get out of here before we get spotted. Sounds good. And give that vigilante mind of yours a rest. Good night, Mrs. Murder. <laughs> I totally planned on going straight home. But on the way there, I ran into Max. He had some pretty big news. Like, case-changing news. Huh... Okay, got it. Say it again for the recording. 
<clears throat> yeah, all right. So I was in the library and I started thinking about how nice and like super meditative it was in there. And it really gave me time to reflect on all my life choices. Like last That's the good stuff, Max. Fine, fine. Okay, okay. So back in the day when the OG lit killer murders were happening, or like in the aftermath, some people in town were still 100% obsessed. And I'm sure it was just a way for the town to deal with like creating a psychopath, you know? So one of the ways in which they processed was by meeting face to face and talking about it and coming up with theories. One of their more popular ones was that your Aunt Beth didn't do it. Finally, someone here gets it. Well, there's more. This one group, they called themselves the Murder of Crows. Hey, did you know that a group of crows is actually called... Yes, it's called a murder. Come on, spill. So what did this group do? Right, smarty. So they met so often, they basically made it all official. We're talking regular meeting times, places, probably had their own little, like, creeper membership cards with, like, crazy wings. It's not that creepy. A lot of people are interested in true crime and, you know, like... Chill, girl. No one's trashing your obsession. So, obviously, it was hard to nail down exactly who was involved in these meetings since there weren't, like, any murder minutes being taken. But I did manage to dig up a list of members. That's great. Who was in it? Well, the first names I found were Tony Del Canto Jr., Principal Block. Our two new victims. And this gets good. Levinson, Hollow Falls' fave hermit Sam Steiner, Miranda Pyle, the town librarian, Mayor Highsmith, Charlie Pachoda, the guy that runs the piano bar down near the crossing, and even our baby detective Pal Lahane. So, wait. When did these meetings take place? Over years. But, like, not everyone was around for the first meeting. Tony would have been too young to be a founder, but he joined a few years in. Lahane, since he's a newbie to Hollow Falls, came late to the party, too. That means... Holy crap, Max. This could be a roadmap to who the future victims are. And if they were questioning whether Aunt Beth was the lit killer, it could mean that the real killer is clearing the decks of anyone trying to derail his frame job. Could be that. Or who our suspects might be. Yes! Max, look at how good you are at this. I accept applause, thank you. I'm giving you all the snaps. So, how'd you get the list? Can you believe they tried to hide it in an old live journal post? One of the members had anonymously posted it, but obs, it couldn't hide from me. Look at you putting those insta-stalking skills to work. Okay, so now you spill. Tell me about Block's office. What did you and Ollie snag besides each other? We found a copy of Crime and Punishment, which seemed out of place, since all the other books were manuals or textbooks. But get this, it wasn't Crime and Punishment. You lost me. It was just the book cover for Crime and Punishment. There was another book underneath, The Outsiders. It's all about a huge rumble between two teen gangs in a vacant lot. Hollow Falls is ripe with big, empty old things. But one lot in particular comes to mind, and has a direct connection to our very own Mayor Highsmith. Okay. But did you guys, like, also make out? Max. So that's a solid yes, and also tell me everything. I don't kiss and tell. Don't even try to lie to me about smooches. Okay, so with this new info... Should we text Ella? I mean, I'm no fan of her drama, but letting her know her pops could be next is the right thing to do, right? It's too soon. I promise we'll alert her if we get any kind of whiff her dad is in danger. But like you said, for all we know, the people on this list could be suspects, too. Then what do you want to do? Fingers crossed let's go home and watch Killing Eve. Hmm. Ella's been talking to anyone with a pulse about all the good stuff her dad is doing as mayor. Especially all the areas he's going to clean up to bring in some new business. Those are some high-profile things that might be irresistible to our killer. So, 
If we use that to narrow down our list of vacant lots... No, no, nope, no, 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 please don't say it. I draw the line of clowns. Max is reacting negatively because he knows I'm referring to the largest of Hollow Falls vacant lots, the abandoned fairgrounds, which once housed Grand's Amusement and Water Park. The name's the best part of the place, which was made up of basic rides and sad kiddie pools. The park shut down during the Lit Killer's Year of Blood. It had already been on shaky financial ground, but once the murders started, the few remaining patrons bailed. Still, for kids living in Hollow Falls, it was all they had. When it went broke, the town got that much sadder. The fairgrounds are also the focus of the mayor's first major renovation project. Eldridge Highsmith was elected on a platform that included reducing the crime rate, improving education, and, I kid you not, bringing more tourism to Hollow Falls. He's 0 for 3 so far. So the easy fix is to remodel the area that would get him the most press. Target acquired. You're not seriously considering this. And this late at night? Oh, bravery and moderation, Tig. You don't have to come. But I'm going to check it out. There might be evidence we can use to catch him before we find another corpse. Look, I am all for preventing bloody murder, but if you're a student of horror cinema like me, a gay guy and a Latina would probably be the first to die, <sighs> right? Maybe we should wait until we have a straight white system. Hold up. Okay, so I'm here at the old fairgrounds with Max, and we're trying to figure out where to start. Max, care to elaborate for the listeners? Well, we're just getting into the Hall of Mirrors. I don't know how you talk me into this. This place is... something. I don't know how they're expecting to clean all this up. Everything is covered with rust, bird poop, and... Ugh, apparently dirty underwear? Gross. Still zero sign of... What? What was that? Hold on. This is when what you just heard, those recordings were sent to me from Tig's phone by, holy crap, it, it must have been from the person who uh, attacked them, and now Tig is missing, and Max? Max is dead. Lahane just stopped by to deliver the news. Whoever did this... Whoever is out there with Max's blood on your hands, you better watch your back, you bastard. 
We may not have a lot to go on, but I don't give a... I told you to go straight home, Tig. Just hang on. We're coming for you. And Max. <laughs> on the next episode of Lethal Lit. It's when leave a message or whatever. I'm not the boss of you. Win. It's me. It's Tig. I don't know how long I have, but I need to tell you this before he finds me. You need to know that. Our love is for Einhorn's Epic Productions and iHeartRadio present Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery. Created and executive produced by Heather Einhorn and Adam Staffaroni. Written, created, and executive produced by Alex Segura and Monica Gallagher. Directed by J.B. Bloch. Produced by Arup Senekaila, Chris Peterson, and Sandy Smollins. Art by Rebecca Mock. Creative direction and design by Ryan McCann. With performances by Rebecca Solaire, J.B. Blanc, Matt Gumley, Paul Guyot, Jennifer Giles, Rachel Oramland, Alba Ponce de Leon, Shelley Chenoy, Luke Slattery, and Gail Artino. Post-production supervisor, Michael Sinter-Nicholas. Recording engineer and dialogue editor, Michael Schneider. Mixer, Michael Sinter-Nicholas. Sound designer, Justin Kohler. Composer, Jared Faber. Creative consultant, Monique Chavez. Studio manager, Clark Chang. Production coordination, Gail Artino and Laura Martin. Production assistants, Rachel Slotsky and Francesca Kahlo. Recorded at NYV Post in New York City. Featuring the songs Jupiter, performed by Donna Missile, courtesy of Harvest Records, under license from Universal Music Enterprises. And Guardian Alien, Performed by Dana Williams, written by Dana Williams, SCSAC, and Aaron Fenning, SCSAC, courtesy of the Royalty Network Inc., on behalf of Smig's Songs, ASCAP, Cactus Palace, SCSAC, and Dana Williams. Lethal Lit, a Take Torres Mystery, is a production by Einhorn's Epic Productions for iHeartRadio. Head to TakeTorres.com to share theories, discover new evidence, and follow case updates. For more information, visit EinhornsEpicProductions.com 